everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lost with Friends. As always, I'm your host, Paul, and I'm joined again by the guy. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself. <laughs> the guy. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Wayne, um, and uh, I've been a Lost fan for, uh, I guess, since between uh, seasons two and three, like I mentioned last time. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be back on. Um, so... When I asked you originally about appearing, you gave me a few episodes that you'd want to do, and this one that we're going to be discussing. Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but I have it as Duus Ex Machina. I don't know if that's... I'm, <laughs> it's Latin, so I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but you I don't had know said either. This was, yeah, you had said this was one that you would uh, really want to talk about, so I knew when I was getting towards the end of season one, and I'm like, okay, you know who do I want to have on and who could possibly do what episodes? I knew that I had to message you uh, to see if you'd want to be on this one. Is there a particular reason that you like this one? Um, well, um, kind of for the same reasons I, I picked um, uh, Solitary last time, uh, okay. which is basically that it revealed, like the episode reveals a lot of mysteries that were later answered on the show. Uh, so it's like you know, it, it's it's kind of hard to talk about this episode without um, uh, without revealing spoilers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to to go back and watch the episode now and and see all these things, like knowing what we know now after seeing the rest of the show. Right. Um, yeah. Well, lately in within the last few episodes, I've been kind of taking down the the spoiler uh, barrier on people, so. Absolutely, yeah. feel free to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, okay. I figure I, I figure you'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although it it was kind of fun to dance around the spoilers last time and kind of be vague, and, but uh, <laughs> it gets to be more and more difficult as the episodes go on. Though I've I've found yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So I have uh, starting off, and I know it's probably something very trivial, but the previously on Lost voice sounds at a higher pitch than normal. Yeah, I. Oh, did you? Do you have any any idea like why that happened? I mean, I've I've heard theories about about why that happened, but I, I'm yeah that yeah that always throws me off every time I watch this. Well, from what I understand, it was Lloyd Braun's voice, the guy who commissioned the pilot for ABC. Yeah. He got fired for doing it, and then they had him come in to record the voice because they were like, you know, we want to kind of thank him in some way. So I'm wondering if this is his actual voice, and the rest of the time they just lowered it. Mm. You know, I and, don't know and if they... that's the case, but that's what <laughs> I would think. Hmm. Yeah, that that is the same theory that I've heard, but I've not actually seen it confirmed anywhere. Okay. Um, at a toy store, obviously a flashback because Locke has hair. Which, <laughs> by the way, I have to say, like I I, I I watched the episode earlier today, and that hair just looks so goofy on him. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, every time they've shown him in, in flashbacks with hair, it's like, you know, each time is like he has a little bit less hair and it's, you know, and it doesn't even look like it could be even be the same hair as before. And it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> trying to get lock hair does, does not work in any instance. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like when he was the, the teenager, when we see him later, like uh, that works, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a different yeah. person, but trying to give Terry O'Quinn hair just doesn't work. <laughs> 
Um, I have, you know, he's at a, a toy store and he's setting up a game of Mousetrap, which every time I watch this episode, I think about the fact that I've literally never played that game. Mm. Have you ever yeah. played that game? I, I had it. I never actually played a proper game of Mousetrap. Um, you know, as in like, you know, roll the dice, move, you know, move the mouse a certain, you know, I, I never done it that way. And then you're, you're supposed to like put a piece of the trap on each time you advance to a certain point in the game. And then, you, you know, you land on the turn crank space and then you're supposed to turn the crank and hope that the trap actually works. You know, I was never really into the actual game. I just wanted to build the trap and try to get it to work, <laughs> <laughs> which enough. I did a few times, but yeah. Um... I have, uh, he notices uh, Swoozy Kurtz, because I, I, up until they said her name, I told I could never remember her name, the character's name, Emily. So I just, in my notes, I just kept referring to her as Swoozy Kurtz. Um, <laughs> he notices she's watching him, and then Locke calls the boy Kiddo, which seems to be a common nickname that all of these characters use for everybody. Hmm. Um, huh. And then he tells Swoozy Kurtz where the footballs are, and it's aisles 8 and 15. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, that's really all I have for that scene. And then the next thing I have is Trebuchet, which I started to type it in my phone, and I was about one letter off because Boone is like, I don't even know if I know how to spell that, and I was one letter off on <laughs> how to spell it. Yeah. Uh, for those unaware, it begins and ends with a T. Hmm. Um, and then Boone points out the obvious that Locke seems to know philosophy and engineering, and he doesn't say it here, but he seems to say about, you know, like, all of this stuff, and yet you worked at a box company. Yeah. Uh, something just doesn't, you know, I never, I never, for a lot of these characters, like, you know, Jack, okay, he's a doctor, you know, like, you need to know a lot and whatever, but like, even Sawyer, I always thought, you know, they could have been doing so much more in the real world with how intelligent some of them were, like Locke and, and Saeed and whatever, but I don't know. Well, yeah, the interesting thing, though, is like, you know, in all of Locke's flashbacks that we've seen, we never really saw, like, where he learned all of these all these different skills. I mean, I mean, we, we saw in this episode, we, you know, he learned how to hunt, you know, with, you know, with his father, but, you know, everything else, like everything else that he's learned how to do on the island and it's like well how yeah where did you learn all these these obscure talents right um i have i love the irony that Locke thinks that his story would bore boone oh when he when he says you know because he's just like what's you yeah. know like, what's your story Locke? and he's like oh you know my my history would bore you and it's yeah pretty much the most interesting one <laughs> i yeah i agree with that I, I've, I've thought that exact same thing like yeah my, my story would bore you I'm like i'm like really yeah <laughs> um and then the trebuchet doesn't work it smashes like the trebuchet itself smashes but the glass is perfectly intact yeah and i, I mean I have no idea. What could that glass have possibly been made out of, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it seems to me like the, you know, what from what we know a little bit later, the glass apparently is stronger than the hinges. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I have that Boone points out the large spike 
of I don't know if I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was metal or glass or whatever, but uh, sticking out of John's leg. Yeah, and he just like and it's it was pretty deep in there with how much like how far in you see the blood on that thing, and he's just oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, cause then later that night he's like poking himself with a, a pin and then he burns himself and pretty much everything from the waist down, he doesn't feel it. Mm-hmm. So now I don't know if it was ever confirmed if I'm just forgetting right now, but he, like, he was still paralyzed, right? Like, that's what we're supposed to get out of that. Is that, that's right. Right. Like he's, he, like, he was still technically paralyzed. It's just because the Island is like a mystical place that he was able to do all that stuff. I'm not, yeah, that, I mean, it was never answered on the show, but yeah, I know there are different interpretations of that. I got the feeling that, you know, he was healed from his paralysis and just for, for whatever reason, the effect was wearing off at, at that, in, in, the, in this instance, but I don't okay. really know why. Okay, because I actually have that later, like, you know, as they're getting further towards the the Beechcraft plane, like, he, you know, he starts losing some feeling in his legs, and, like, I, I wonder if that's a sign, because I, I, maybe I'm just missing the point, but I, I've kind of wondered if that's a sign that he's going the right way, or if that he's going the wrong way. Like, the further he gets away from whatever the island actually wants him to do, he's losing less and less feeling in his legs. Maybe I'm just yeah. missing the point. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I don't... The only th- explanation that I can think of, and I, I don't... I personally don't like it, you know, because I, I like Locke, and it just doesn't really do Locke, Locke justice, but, you know, it could just be... It was a psychological thing, and you know, because he was losing faith, then that you know caused him to lose the ability to walk. But I mean, there's there are like theories that are that are better sounding, but make less logical sense. I would say. Okay. Um. Okay. I have while Boone is questioning Locke, he finally says that the island will tell them what to do next. And that's, I think, the first time he's really ever gotten spiritual, I guess you could say, in front of Boone, because he's always just been so sure of himself. Like, at least when talking with Boone, you know, he's always just like, this is what we're doing, and it's going to, you know, when he says to him, like, the first time they're out, and he's like, it's going to rain in one minute, and he's always so sure, and then all of a sudden now he's like, well, the island will tell us what to do. And he mm-hmm. sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the flashback, Locke chases down Emily in the parking lot. He gets hit by a car. Um, I, I, I always thought that at that moment we're supposed to think maybe that's how he became paralyzed. Like for <laughs> yeah. Just a brief second. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I, th- I think everyone probably thought that for like a brief second. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out, I mentioned this in the episode discussing special, that the car that hits Locke here, people have said online that it's the same car that hit Michael. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard that theory. Yeah, And I don't know if they've ever said, like, definitively, yes, it is or no, it isn't. I, I don't remember ever reading a definitive on that, but I always thought it was interesting that 
supposedly the same car hit both of them for whatever yeah. reason. I mean, it, there's a good chance it was. I mean, you know, they would use these stock cars, you know, for for filming, but you know, so it makes sense that it would be the same car. But it's like, yeah, I don't know if anyone like anyone from the show ever confirmed like, oh yeah, we reused that car. Right. Um, Locke finally catches up with her, and she reveals that she's his mother. And then they go to the diner where she's he's like i don't think you know whatever and she seems all proud i don't know why i just kind of got this feeling when she's like you're adopted aren't you and like she seems proud that she would know that and then all of a sudden he's like uh no actually i was raised in foster care and she gets this look on her face where she's just so sad at that moment i think Mm. you know because like i don't know but it's i don't know i always thought that was a weird thing if she was proud to know that it always seemed like a weird thing to be proud of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I gave you up, but I know you were adopted. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like she just kind of assumed he was. And it's kind of, kind of like, well, I guess she was trying to show off the fact that she knows. Or she was like trying to prove to him that she's his mother just by, you know, explaining that, you know, she knows his story when she really doesn't. I mean, wouldn't the bir- like his birthday be a better thing to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, good point. <laughs> um, I have, then she starts pretty much talking crazy, and she talks about, you know, oh, you don't really have a father, you were immaculately conceived, and you're part of a special design, and... Uh, crazy <laughs> talk. And that's that's coming from someone who understands this show, and I think that that sounds crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I think she was kind of supposed to sound crazy at that point. I don't know if yeah, I don't, I don't know if she was like intent because we know like you know from you know the end of the episode that you know she was conned by Cooper into doing all this, but I don't know like how much of what she was saying she actually believed or how much she was like you know was she purposely trying to sound crazy or was she actually crazy? Right. Well, I don't know because. I've seen her, like, that actress in other things, and she always tends to play crazy people. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have, on the island, Sawyer is giving Sun grief about whatever, I think it was leaves or something, not working like she yeah. recommended. And then... And I, I'm, I'm really hoping you have something, because I couldn't find anything in particular, but I know you always have the Kate fail connection because then Kate shows up and she butts into the conversation and uh, Sawyer doesn't want her to know. But as soon as he leaves, she asks son what's wrong. And then she Mm -hmm. goes to Jack to get Sawyer help with his headaches. Now, what, what is the Kate fail in this episode? Oh, um, Oh, I mean like how she approaches Jack and says, we have a problem. Is that? Or, well, just or, I don't know. You always you always just have something. I figured there would be something in this episode where, you know, there some kind of whether it's you know she's because uh, see that was the thing. I'm I'm watching this episode and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be just, talking with him about this. Yeah. I need I need I wonder what there is that I'm missing that he's gonna be like Kate fail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of a, re- a repeat, you know, a, a recurring theme where you know Kate is trying to get in the middle with uh, you know with Jack and Sawyer, trying to get them involved, and you know they don't want to be involved with each other, and 
You know, she's trying to get okay. Jack. To, she's trying to get Jack to help Sawyer, and yeah. Which Jack even says later on, you know, when she's like, "Oh, thank you for helping him," and he's like, "I didn't do it for him." And you know, obviously that moment is interrupted, but you know, she. You're right. She does get in the middle of them a lot, and it's it's wrong. It is wrong, and I like Kate. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's just she. She meddles too much. Yeah, and you know, and Sawyer, you know, she, you know, Sawyer had already told her, you know, he he doesn't want Jack's help. He doesn't want her help. And then she just kind of, Kate just kind of takes it upon herself to get to, to get Jack to help Sawyer. Right. So there we go. We found a Kate fan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I have. I don't know why. I just thought it was weird that Jack shaving in this scene. Like, that's not really... I think only one other time we see... Like, we see Locke shaving at one point in season two. But we mm-hmm. don't really see that from, like, the, like that kind of stuff. You know, like uh, like Claire earlier in, in this season talked about, you know, needing a hairbrush and whatever. But, like, those personal grooming things, we don't really see a lot from the characters. I, I think those are very interesting when they show them. Yeah, it, it happens every so often. Like we see Claire give Charlie Erica Charlie shaves like sometime in season three, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. You're right. It's like, and it's funny though because some of the uh, the background extras like will all of a sudden like not have a beard and all of a sudden they'll they'll like have much shorter hair than they had before. Really? And you know, and they you know they they just kind of assume okay because they're extras, no one's gonna notice. But it's like well, yeah obsessed fans will notice those things yeah i gotta i gotta be honest i don't know if i ever paid that close attention but now i'll have to go back and look yeah I, i've noticed a few instances of it in fact i've seen like extras that have like different color hair from one episode to another really yeah wow you would think somebody would catch that they just you know, kind like of somebody yeah. working on the set or something I think they just kind of they're they're they assume they're just kind of maybe they're playing different people or something. I guess. I mean, they they mix up Steve and Scott at some point. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? You know, <laughs> yeah. Scott, Steve, <laughs> Sawyer can't even remember all of their names. You know. Yeah. Like he he never he obviously he never knows who Nikki and Nikki what what's. I don't know why I wanted to say Pablo but that's what Sawyer calls him (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's why I'm like wait a minute which is it which is the right one (laughs) (laughs) um actually speaking of that my very next note is Jack says uh if he goes to talk to Sawyer he'll get a snappy one-liner and maybe a brand new nickname because that's of course what Sawyer does yeah, this may actually be the first time anyone has actually talked about Sawyer's nicknames. Um, trying to think. That may be right. I mean, the first time that I remember, you know, here seeing it pointed out. Yeah, that may be right. Um, I have in the jungle. Boone says he's done helping because Locke can't open the hatch. Now, this whole thing, I, I actually have it as a note in a little bit, but uh, this whole thing um, in the, I believe it was the Raised by Another discussion, I said how 
from what I read, uh, whoever the director was on that episode wanted to shoot that opening dream sequence in black and white. And Jack Bender said no, because that's not something they do on that show. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of the series that dream sequences would be shot, unless there was a very specific reason, they would be shot exactly like everything else, so you wouldn't necessarily know right off the bat that it's a dream sequence, which in this episode definitely helps because right. pretty much until you see that that moment with uh, with Boone where like he flickers between himself and like the bloody version of himself, you think like this is actually happening. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and even at the beginning of the scene, it just kind of transitions as a normal scene transition. We just kind of think this is. You know, this is actually just part of that same day. Exactly. Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, in this dream, he says he's done helping because Locke can't open the hatch. Locke says, you know, don't tell me what I can't do. And he insists that the island will show them how to open it and that their faith is being tested. And Boone kind of just like, oh, the island will show us. And like he's starting to be like, you know, yeah, you, you do sound crazy, old man. Um, which I think, I wonder if Locke was kind of dreaming that because that was his fear. Oh, oh, good point. Yeah. I mean, we know Uh, that at the beginning of that episode, Boone was kind of getting frustrated, but yeah, I don't know, like, um, how much Boone was under the impression that, oh yeah, Locke is going crazy, you know, but. Right. Because, you know, because Boone was pretty loyal to Locke at one point. Well, yeah, and I mean, even, and you would think after the, um, like, after he put that, that, you know, they always call it the wacky paste stuff, you know, after he put that on it, like, you would think that would be like, all right, you know, I'm done with you, but Boone took it, like, the exact opposite way, where he's like, you showed me something, I'm even more loyal now. Yeah. You know? And, and I know, it really it, wasn't until the beginning of, like you said, the beginning of, of this when when Locke just said uh, before, you know, like, oh, the island will tell us what to do. And that's I think that's one of the first moments where Boone kind of looks at him like, OK, maybe this guy doesn't have it all together like I thought he did. Hmm. Yeah, it did seem like like Boone's attitude toward Locke just kind of fluctuated. I mean, it, even though he was, you know, loyally following Locke, I think his attitude kind of change from episode to episode because like i think in, in the episode um it was probably special um where it seemed like boone was like kind of on, on a creepy level it's like like brainwashed by Locke. yes that's like when when michael's kind of going after after lock is that what you're talking about yeah that and at one point i think um what is it i think shannon asked boone if um if he wanted to help her with something and he's, you know, just kind of like, he was like in a daze and he's just like, mm, no. Yeah. And he, just, and he just walks off. Yeah. Well, see that one. And I mean, it's weird because, uh, just an episode, I think it's an episode or two before this when, uh, Saeed and Shannon like start becoming official. All of a sudden Boone is like, Oh, you need to stay away from my sister. And all I'm thinking is, like, I thought Locke showed you this, you know, that, that vision or whatever where you got over your thing with your sister. So I wonder if that's just a boon thing, you know what I mean, as opposed mm-hmm. to him. Like, it's not necessarily, oh, he's loyal to Locke, then he's not loyal to Locke. It's just like he just doesn't 
like you said, he he kind of fluctuates. You know, one day yeah. he's he feels this way about Locke and Shannon, and then the you know the next day it's reversed or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. So, well, so what happened like between Special and uh, Deuces Machina? Um, we had Claire returning in Homecoming. We had um, what happened to that? Oh, we had uh, Outlaws, uh, Sawyer, and the Boar. What was Boone doing in that episode? I don't remember. Um, I don't think they really showed him that. Yeah. I think they were just kind of going after the. Like just figuring out stuff with the hatch. Yeah, and then there's the, the raft burning. So there, yeah, I mean, the the point I'm getting at is like there were a lot of things that were like kind of affecting the whole camp and kind of like, kind of I guess kind of like maybe those things brought Boone sort of back to reality. Even though he was he was still on on this mission, you know, trying to, you know, trying to work with Block to open the hatch. You know, I think he wasn't quite as much. Um, like mentally like brainwashed or whatever. Right. I wonder if part of that is because um like they started out because they started out going after Claire and uh for whatever like you know what I mean like he was so sure that Locke had the right trail which then of course he didn't and then mm. that led them to the hatch and then all of a sudden Claire comes back for whatever reason, and I wonder if that made, like, was one of the first things where he's just like, huh. You know, it seemed like a, a coincidence or fate or whatever you want to say that we followed this wrong path and then, uh, you know, we, we stumbled upon this thing, but, like, we can't figure out how it opens. Um, you know, now all of a sudden Claire's back and we have to figure out what's going on out there that I wonder if he either like became disenchanted by whatever's going on with Locke or if he st- if that's when he started to be like, you know, maybe this guy, you know, like I said before, maybe this guy doesn't have it all together. Mm. Well, and maybe, also, yeah. maybe it was like, well, okay, yeah, he uh you know, he, he was so sure that he got the, you know, that he that we were following the right trail to find Claire and it just so happened that we found this thing, but he made it sound like, oh no, this was what we were always supposed to be doing was we found this thing. But maybe it was just a coincidence. Maybe that's what Boone's thinking is like, oh, maybe it was just a coincidence. And should I really trust this guy cuz he clearly is just making it up as he goes along. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then well, and and also, there are you know a couple of episodes there where you know Locke got Locke got himself involved in you know in the other survivors' issues, you know like the whole thing with Ethan and and then later on where Locke comes up to point out you know there we're not the only people on this island and we all know it, um, you know so Boone saw you know that you know Locke isn't just you know focused entirely on the hatch, you know he's he's involved with you know with what everyone else is doing when when needed. Um, but I think, you know, I think that, that that just kind of like brought Boone back to reality. And it's like, okay, well, you know, Locke isn't like the, you know, this, um, this super spiritual leader or, or something. But you know, he just he's just a regular guy. You know, he who may or may not know what he's doing, but you know, he has a, you know, he has he has this thing. He's telling us we you know we we need to get this hatch open. Uh, we're meant to open this hatch. Well, you know, I'll just you know kind of stick with him and see what happens 
Yeah. Which, I mean, by that point, I would think it would kind of be like like Sawyer with the Halliburton case. Like, you know what I mean? You just stick with it because, like, you have to know what's inside after a certain point. <laughs> yeah, it could be like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so then, in the dream sequence still, Locke sees the Beechcraft plane fly in the distance. And I, I think we're supposed to that's supposed to be it crashing when we mm. see that. And then he looks back at Boone. Boone is looking in the opposite direction, it lo- it, it, it appears. And then mm. he briefly turns, like, that bloodied version of him that we see, like, towards the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, this, that, well, I put soon-to-be-familiar smash, but of course it's the Virgin Mary statue smash sound happens. Mm-hmm. Then Locke sees his mother on the island pointing up at the sky. And then Locke hears Boone, who's now like fully in that bloodied uh, thing, saying that line, Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs. Static is heard. And he ends up back in his wheelchair. And like, of course, all of this stuff at this point is finally like, okay, obviously this is a dream. Yeah. You know, because like I said, at first it seemed... Like, and like you said, it just seemed like it was going from, you know, one part of the day to the next part of the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, then he, he wakes up and, uh, I, I, I do kind of wonder though, if that had, if they had set the tone in that previous episode with black and white for dream sequences, if this one would have been different or if they would have just shot it exactly the same in black and white. Well, it's. I think it was, it was intentionally done to make us think this is actually happening. You know, to, to not, you know, to not even realize this is a dream until all these weird things come start. I, you know, I, I think it would have still been shot the way it was because I think that was it was done intentionally that way. Right. Um, Locke wakes Boone up for an adventure, and he's like, "It's morning." And like you look at the sky in the background, and it's clearly not morning yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in the flashback, Locke has hired a private investigator to get info on his mother, Emily. And then he gets the info on the father as well. And the PI tells him straight up that it probably won't have a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that version of Locke, the pre-island Locke, just constantly, you know, I need to know this, I need to know, as opposed to Island Lock, maybe not this episode so much, but, you know, everything we've seen so far where he's just like, okay, I'm gonna gonna go with the flow, and, you know, whatever the island tells me, that's what I'm gonna do, you know, and of course, we always see the pre-Island Lock where he's, you know, so emotional and, and mostly angry and, you know, whatever, so he... For, you know, it fits his character that he didn't take that advice, but he probably should have. Yeah, I mean, although I, you know, I have often wondered what would have happened, you know, what would have happened to Locke if he had stopped there, if he hadn't sought out his father, you know, because like that pretty much set the stage for everything else in his life after that point. Yes, I don't know, because I would still argue that he for whatever reason obviously it would have been a very different path but i think he still might have ended up on the island because we do see that there were things 
like in his teenage years and whatever, where there were opportunities for him to get there as well. Hmm. You know, the, like when he's, when he's a kid, you know, there's the, the compass and the knife and all that stuff, you know, and he he drew, like he drew that picture. And then when he's a teenager and he's stuffed in his locker. So I, it definitely would have been a different path. But okay, so so basically, you're saying Jacob or whoever would have still brought him to the island some way. I think I think so. That's my thought. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I kind of tapered off at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can go with that. That's yeah. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I agree that that that's that's probably how it would have happened. You know, different 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 path, but he still would have ended up on the island. Right. Um, the exterior of that house, uh, Anthony Cooper's house, I believe we went, I, I, I don't know your yeah. tour versus my, but I know we went past it at one point and it was very yeah. much like blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, the our... only thing I remember is it doesn't have that little booth outside of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our bus went by it. Uh, the bus slowed down a, a bit, but you know it was because we were just on like this two-lane highway. We couldn't actually stop. So, but yeah, I did get to I get up, got a picture. I got got a video of us driving by it. So that was kind of cool. Oh okay. Um, I I thought it was weird. And now for me, this would raise some red flags. Where he's just like, I'm his son, and then the guy's like, Oh, he doesn't have a son. And then he's like, Oh, tell him I don't I don't want anything. And then he picks up the phone and he's like, oh, yeah, I got this guy here. He says it's your son. And then he hangs up the phone. And he's like, all right, you could go right in. <laughs> that happened awfully quick, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, yeah, because as far as, Locke knows, as far as Locke is concerned, you know, this guy is not expecting him in the slightest. You know, because he, right. he hired that investigator to look him up. He doesn't, like, he didn't. You know, his mother didn't say, you know, like, you know, his mother told him there was no father. So. Then again, yeah. I mean, yeah, but no, you're right. From Locke's perspective, Anthony doesn't know. But of course, from Anthony's con man perspective, he definitely knows that, or, you know, he, he's under the assumption that this guy will obviously want to look me up for, you know, just to know. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. From Locke's point of view, like it definitely should have raised some red flags that he got in there that quickly. And it was just as easy as like, yep, this guy here says he's your son. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. let him in. Yeah, sure. Sure thing. Yeah. And, and clearly Locke, you know, was was so desperate for a father that he just wasn't thinking, thinking straight. Yeah. Um, And his father, Anthony Cooper. What can be said about Anthony Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably one of the most evil characters on the show. Oh, absolutely. And like he doesn't he, I don't even know how to say it. He doesn't uh he doesn't really give off an evil vibe like some of the other characters. Yeah. So he's he's like he's that uns like you know, characters we know later, like Ben, Charles, like, they're, like, creepy evil. Yeah. You know? But, like, Cooper is just, 
Like he's he's the guy next door. And that's even worse, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you know like I, I say that there was somebody at my at my job the other day where I was like, oh, that guy, like, you know, a worker. I'm like, that guy kind of creeps me out. And one of the guys was like, him? He goes, he seems so normal. He goes, what about this other guy? I said, that guy creeps me out, yeah. But, like, this guy that I pointed out first, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in his head. That scares me more. <laughs> you know? And, like, that's what I think Cooper is like. Like, you don't know what's going on. So that's, like that's the worst kind of evil is the unsuspecting evil yeah and it's like yeah and we're not even supposed to you know we're not even meant to su- suspect it you know like i first watched this episode you know i thought you know he was just a normal guy you know just like just like you know he was uh, he was portraying himself you know but knowing what we know now you know it's like watching this now it's like oh wow it's you know he's really putting on this this, this huge con yeah that was actually as I was watching it, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like the moment that that they're in that uh, Emily and, and John are in that diner at the beginning and she's like, oh, you don't have a father. And it it, uh, it just pops in my head and I go, the con is on. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, I have Locke tells Boone about his dream. Boone references the wacky paste because he's like, are you sure you weren't just using that stuff again? <laughs> yeah and then Locke asks about Teresa and Boone you know by saying how do you know about that like he's that definitely confirms that it means something yeah um well just that yeah the whole dream in general I mean it's like yeah stuff was revealed to Locke that he couldn't have possibly known at that point you know he did he hadn't seen the, yeah he hadn't seen the plane so right that was one of the things that I pointed out um, in a previous episode where we were talking about um, – I don't know if I left it in the edit, but uh, we were talking about uh, in season three when, you know, Locke can't speak, you know, and he has that, like, vision quest thing or whatever. Oh, the sweat lodge? Spoon. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he I said that's one of my favorite scenes is because in that scene – uh, they're in the airport and he goes past and he sees like uh, Sawyer and Kate and Sawyer says something about like, you know, you got to wipe the stardust out of your eyes, sweetheart. And then it's yeah. either the episode right before that or right after that, where like on a completely other part where, you know what I mean? Like a completely mm-hmm. different section where Locke could have no idea that that was said. Sawyer says that exact line. And that's yeah. one of those things that I like is because, you know, like you said, like they're getting shown things that they couldn't possibly know about. Yeah. And, and same, same thing with the uh, the question mark dream, you know, that, that dream that led him to the question mark. Yeah. Which is at this spot, right? That's the spot that they go to at the end of the, you know, oh, in the middle yeah. of this episode. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, because I and we were actually there as well. Because I remember yeah. looking and going. Because they were telling us. I remember like because it's it's a parking lot, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like there's just a little bit of like dirt, and then it's just a parking lot, and they would just like get piles of dirt to just throw there so that they could, you know, move the camera back a little further. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually do have that as as one of my notes later, the fact that it's interesting to think that they are at that point and they don't even know it. 
Um, okay, I have Michael and Jin building the raft. Uh, Jack, you know, Jack's uh, walking by and he sees Sawyer and he puts his doctor hat on, but Sawyer refuses his help. And um, I believe that's the moment where he says uh, about his insurance ran out. Oh, yeah. Which I love that line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have Locke and Boone are in the jungle looking for the plane. And Locke has a compass. How and why does Locke have a compass? I don't understand. In a previous episode, he gave his compass to Saeed and said, I don't need it anymore. And now all of a sudden he has a compass again. Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> that that bugs me. <laughs> so, he, so he, yeah, he had like this extra compass that <laughs> he just yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then suddenly his leg gives out, and that's when I wrote in my notes. I'm wondering if that's because he's getting closer or further away from his destiny. Hmm. Well, there is. Yeah, I mean. From this point on, there is kind of a recurring theme of Locke not being able to climb that that tree or the, climb that cliff. Right. But so now, do you? But do you think that's like a a good sign or a bad sign? Yeah, I mean the the whole thing, the whole question of like you know, was Locke supposed to have you know found? Was he was he supposed to have found the plane and allowed Boone to climb up and? you know, get fatally injured. I was, I, I, t- I tend to go back and forth about that. You know, is that, you know, is that like part of Jacob's plan? Is a part of, uh, you know, uh, is a part of the man in black's plan? Um, you know, cause, uh, cause it could be like, you know, this whole thing was like just to get Boone to die or it could be, you know, for Locke to eventually bang on the hatch at the end. And, you know, we know, like, we, we basically know, you know, something good came out of that. Right. Well, I mean, you want to say, you know, Man in Black versus Jacob. I could argue, in a way, both. Because it helped Man in Black by eliminating one more person. Yeah. And it helped Jacob by reaffirming because then all of a sudden like once that happened Locke was like oh it was a sacrifice that the island demanded and then that kind of put him back on the path yeah of course he he got off of it you know one or two more times but it pretty much got him back on the path that I think he was supposed to have which was you know opening the hatch and you know eventually I always thought he was eventually supposed to become the leader yeah and the the other uh the other benefit of uh, of getting locked to you know to bang on the hatch and see the light um well we know what you know we eventually find out you know what's happening down in the hatch you know that's desmond you know he hears the banging he was desmond was about to kill himself and you right. know desmond desmond kills himself you know no one's there to push the button and you know the island's gonna explode or you know whatever's gonna happen so, you know, in a sense, maybe that was just to get Locke to help save the world. Right. Um, and it's funny. I, I mean, I, I have it as a note later, but I, now that you said about, you know, the, the light and whatever. Um, do you think 
what are your thoughts if there really is like a question i don't know but about the fact that like the light like he sees the light at the end and then later on we see that and it's like a beam of light (laughs) yeah uh that's like a continuity error in my mind (laughs) okay um well it it might yeah i mean it it might not necessarily be because like you know we saw the light turned on that was the end of this episode um who knows? Maybe the light got brighter a few minutes later or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, actually, while we're talking about things like that in this episode, the Beechcraft, not in terms of time being a straight line, not the first time that Locke has interacted with the Beechcraft. Chronologically, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because true. right like in one of the one of the time jumps, he was like right there when it when it was crashing, right? Yeah. So that's hmm. kind of something. Every like now when I go back and watch it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> hmm. Um, I have uh, they find a dead body in a tree, which is not. That's not what's his name's brother. It's the other guy, if I'm not it's, mistaken. Yeah, it's the the guy the guy who um, tra- dragged Yemi into the plane. Yeah. Um. In a flashback, Locke sees Anthony getting dialysis, and like that's they very much cut back and forth like real quick between those because like you know he's like oh no you told me eleven or whatever. And then they're just like, he's like, no, it's fine. Let's go shoot some birds. And then, like, that scene's pretty much done. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, with the dead body, Locke and Boone, they say they think he's a priest and well off. And Locke also says that clothing completely decomposes in about two years, which, of course, is wildly different than what <laughs> Jack said when they found Adam and Eve, because he said, like, 40 or 50 years <laughs> and, yeah. Which of course is very wrong as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know which one of them to believe. I obviously neither one of them, knowing what we know from towards the end of the series. <laughs> maybe it's maybe um, it's an island thing. Like the island prevents clothing from degrading. There you go. Another <laughs> mystery of the island. Um, and then they find the gun and the money. And Locke's like, I, I, I think maybe he might not be a priest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have Sawyer's headaches are getting worse. And then finally, you know, Kate's like, get up. And she takes him to Jack. And then Jack does those tests, which makes me laugh every single time. Like, he's just snapping at him at random points. <laughs> yeah. And then he's asking him about, you know, like, oh, did you ever sleep with a prostitute? And, like, all these things. And... And, like, Kate even says later, you know, like, did you know before or after you asked him about his last outbreak? Like, that just cracks me up every time. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's just like, he needs glasses. Like, all these tests, like, obviously he didn't need to ask those questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's kind of out of character for Jack, but, yeah, you're right. It is hilarious that, that Jack would, like, just kind of take advantage of that whole situation and, like, mess with Sawyer like that. I I mean, after everything, I think Jack deserved, you know, to get one of those in 
yeah. Bob Sawyer. <laughs> um, I have Boone is too worried about Locke's legs. And Locke says, you know, because he's like, oh, maybe we should take you to Jack. And then the irony of Locke being like, oh, Jack wouldn't know the first thing that's wrong with me. Jack is a spinal surgeon, which yeah. I know that for years fans were like, why have the two of them never talked about this? <laughs> and it wasn't until, what, season six where it was finally, like, discussed. And that wasn't even, like, that was the sideways. Yeah. Although, you know, in this instance, you know, thinking about it some more, like, you know, would Jack have actually known what was wrong with Locke? Like, why? why? Um, on the island, I don't think so, because he couldn't have done nearly as many tests, you know? Yeah. But I just, it's still, like, I, I do very much feel like a lot of the fandom felt where they're like, why have they never talked about this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Locke finally tells Boone that he was in a wheelchair and he tells him how the island fixed him. Um, and then he mentions, you know, cause Boone's like, no way. And then, uh, Locke mentions, you know, four weeks ago, he wouldn't have believed anything that he's saying either. Um, which that's of course, one of the numbers. And, um, it also, <laughs> one of those things that like, I always forget every time I'm watching the show, how weird time is you know what i mean because like the entire mm. what first four years takes place from like september to december yeah that's true um okay anthony while they're shooting calls Locke's son and then he says that he's glad that they're doing this while they still have time left which like that's you know what i mean especially mm. knowing what we know later like clearly that's that evilness, you know, where he's just he's just buttering up Locke. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I have uh, Boone confirms who Teresa is, which just horrible thing for a kid to do. Because uh, didn't he say like she broke her neck or something? Yeah, fell down the stairs, broke her neck. And... Yeah, and then he's like, oh, make fun of her for it, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then right as he does, Locke points out the plane, which is, yeah. you know, that's one of those, I, I found that Locke seems to do that a lot. Like he, he did that kind of with Charlie uh, a few episodes ago, you know, when he said, you know, about like, look up to Charlie, you know, oh, yeah. just like, oh, you're not going to ask me to pray. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, your guitar is up there. And like, they'll just say these things. And then all of a sudden this profound thing happens. And of course, you know coincidence fate whatever but you know it tends to happen around Locke a lot more i think yeah or it could just be that Locke is looking for stuff like this that's true that's very true um i have that uh, boone asks what's in the plane and then Locke pretty much volunteers Boone to find out because he's like, well, that's what you're going to find out for us. Like, <laughs> does Boone get a say in that at all? <laughs> um, and then and, in you know, the flashback. This, no, I'm sorry, you know, this, this thought actually just occurred to me, you know, going back to that question of why was Locke, you know, experiencing you know, problems with his legs? You know, well, maybe it was so that Boone would go up in the plane instead of Locke. So you think that... Locke, that 
so you think that it was on purpose that Boone, you know, was fatally wounded? Because if not, it ha- it would have been Locke, and then things would have been drastically different. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it could be, you know, maybe Locke was right. Maybe, maybe Boone was a sacrifice to the island of Manor, but I don't know. It could be, it could just be, I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. But then, you know, I'll, I'll play the opposite card, which is if they hadn't gone off track, because really anything that happened out there didn't, I mean, yeah, okay, it kind of led to him being angry at the end, but he would have gotten angry even if he hadn't gone out there because he would have just been like, you know, I've done every, you know, he, he pretty much could have given that same exact speech at the beginning of this episode when the trebuchet didn't work. You know, I've done everything you've asked. Why do you do, you know, why have you done this to me or whatever he says? And mm-hmm. Boone could have lived. You know? Yeah. That's, this is, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've seen that thing going around where people look now at um, Indiana Jones, the first one, and they talk about how, like, he has no bearing on the story. Because no matter what, at the end, the Nazis got the thing and they melted their faces off. Yeah. You know? So, like, <laughs> he he could have just been abs Like, if, if he hadn't gotten involved, everything would have went down exactly the same. And I, I think that if they, in this story, if they hadn't gone off, maybe things wouldn't have ended up exactly the same. But Locke still could have ended up pretty much at the same point, angry, banging on the hatch door, and then the light shines up. Hmm. So yeah, what I'm thinking, you know, going back to was it, uh, you know, was it Jacob? Was it Man in Black? You know, it could be that you know maybe, maybe the Man in Black was the one who gave Locke the dream, you know, with the with Boone and, and the uh, and and the Beechcraft to lead him to the Beechcraft to let you know to allow Boone to die. However, maybe Jacob was the one who was affecting Locke's legs so that it would be Boone dying instead of Locke. Because Locke still had work to do. Right. I could, yeah, I could see that. Well, yeah, because, you know, Locke is is still stubborn. So if, you know, if he gets that vision, Man in Black gives him that vision, then he's going to follow it. And Jacob pretty much knows nothing I can do, like, unless I really interfere, nothing I can do is going to stop him. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. But still, that seems like a a jerk move on Jacob's part to be like, yeah, this other this other guy can die. I I need this guy, but that other guy, he it's okay if he dies. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, Jacob is kind of a jerk. We find out at at a few different points. Like they even yeah. all say, like I think Sawyer says that to him at the one point towards the end, where he's just like, so because you were lonely, we all have to be lonely too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Jacob was definitely not like purely good or anything, but you know, just you know, he he had he had his purposes. You know, he cared about he cared about the you know the survivors, but you know he 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 had his uh, he had his kind of odd ways of of, of uh, accomplishing his goals that most people probably wouldn't agree with. Right. In flashback, Locke goes in for the surgery to donate his kidney. And he may, you know, of course he's like, no, I really want to do this. And they, they have one, 
final nice bonding moment, I guess you could call it. Mm, seemingly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the beach, Jack tells Sawyer about his hyperopia. And, and Sawyer's like, that's, oh, that, that's, what is that? <laughs> and then uh, he tries on different glasses before finding the one that works. And then Saeed makes them. I don't know why. I just like that, that, that mini montage thing. I really enjoy that scene. I don't hmm. know why. Like sometimes, um, and it's just, I'm just weird, but sometimes when I used to watch, you know, I, I had cable and I would go through and they would have like those, how is it made shows? Oh yeah. You know? And every so often, like just to see stuff like on the production line or whatever. And like all the, the, the little nuances, like I would look at that stuff and go, wow, maybe that's why I like that scene. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always wondered though, when I watched that one, that scene you're talking about, if that would actually work, you know, what, what Saeed was doing. If you could actually fuse two two pieces of, if you could actually fuse two pieces of, of glasses together like that, oh, I don't know. I I would think though for Sawyer, like why wouldn't they have tried to get matching lenses? Because like I would think each half of your face would feel awkward having two different lenses, or two different frames. I mean. You know, those might have just been like, you know, his maybe his eyes just like needed a different prescription. That was like the only. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, he gets the glasses and Hurley has one of my all time favorite lines, which I think Uh, now has more uh, more of a a resonance with you, I would think. (laughs) Looks like someone steamrolled Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, for okay, yeah. j- briefly for those who who may not know, do you want to you want to tell why I said that? Uh, yeah. So basically, last year I started watching all the Harry Potter movies for the first time. Um, my, you know, my girlfriend who's you know who was at Lost twenty fourteen, she's a huge Harry Potter fan, and I got kind of curious to know, you know, she, you know, she had like. She went to London and did the Harry Potter tour, and so it just kind of got me curious. You know, why is she such a huge obsessed fan with it? With you know, with this this whole series, so I just got curious and just kind of went through all the Harry Potter movies one by one. And I won't say you know, I won't say like whether I like them or not, but you know, I'll just say yeah, I became suddenly very familiar with Harry Potter just less than a year ago. Well, if I'm not mistaken, you were live. No, okay, yeah, you were live tweeting, right? But was that you or was that her quoting you? I've always wondered. That. Oh, yeah, th- yeah, that was me. It was you. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were just like saying these things, and she's just like, you know what I mean, like like writing them <laughs> down. But okay. Because I, I, not all of them, but I would, I would go back and read some of them, and I just laugh and laugh because <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love, I, quick side note, I love that you continue to call him Professor Hans Gruber. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that was like, you know, I totally knew him as that, you know, from, from Die Hard. And every time I heard his voice, like, that was that was who I pictured. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time, it, you're like, Professor Hans Gruber did this, oh, it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Um, okay, so Hurley says that line, and then and Kate laughs at mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, love, you know, I love that that's Hurley's only line in this episode. Is it? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. 
Well, that's I did see though about the fact that like that little montage where Saeed is putting the glasses together. That's his only scene in this entire episode. Oh yeah, that's true. Obviously, you know, we need really needed to focus on Locke and all the the crazy wacky things that he's going through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, I have uh, Boone gets in the plane and starts looking around, and then it shifts a dead body onto him. Mm-hmm. And that one is supposed to be Yemi, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Finally, Boone sees the statues, and he throws one down. And, of course, you know, minor, I guess, continuity error. It smashes into many pieces, but when Locke picks it up, the Virgin Mary is practically still together. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Boone finds the radio, and after another shift, he tries contacting someone. We hear a voice, but of course, it's not actually who it ends up being. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know because I couldn't, I couldn't hear it clear enough. But I remember reading somewhere where there was a thing that said that at one point it was said there were no survivors and then they went over and redubbed it where then it says, no, we're the survivors of Flight 815. Oh, they did? You you never heard this before? No, I never heard that. Yeah, I heard that. And I don't I can't confirm whether that's true, because from what I read, I think they said in like the original airing of the episode, like on TV, it said there were no survivors. But then when they when they figured out whatever they were going to do with that or, you know, they they realized they were going to bring it back. They they went back and, and dubbed it in as no, we're the survivors. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I never heard that before, and and I can't confirm that because I, you know, didn't watch season one until it came out on DVD, and even at the first time I watched it, I didn't notice that that line was said. Okay. Um. Yeah. See, that was one because I came into it late, and I would I would go on and I would look up certain things about the episodes, trying to avoid as much spoilers as I could. You know, being as I got into it, like after season four, there was it was difficult to avoid like everything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was, you know, one or two things where they were like, no, they said, you know, originally they said this and then this happened. And I'm like, oh, man, like how how weird would that have been for somebody watching it like from day one? You know what I mean? Like they go, thinking, you know, and again, of course, that would blend in with both the story that exists in their real world or their not island world and it would go with you know many theories that existed at the time and i guess still persist that they were dead the entire time Hmm. um yeah okay and then the plane crashes Locke now of course regains use of his legs as he stumbles over uh to boone and by now we see him bloody like he was in Locke's dream and then Locke carries him back to the caves that's where Kate is teasing Jack about the questions to Sawyer and then they seem like they're about to have a moment and then that's when Locke brings Boone in and he immediately lies about how Boone got injured 
yeah. which I know is one of the things that Jack says in like an episode or two where he, you know, like that's kind of the thing that finally pushes him over the edge in regards to Locke. Cause you know, so far, like Locke doesn't tell him anything like everybody else does. He doesn't listen. He's on, you know, like he, he thinks he's better than everybody else or whatever. And the fact that he, he lied, therefore Jack gave a different treatment to Boone than he would have had he known the truth. That's so he says that that's the thing that kind of pushes him over the edge. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, I didn't lock, you know, lock was just trying to protect his secret of the hatch. He didn't want to reveal the hatch. I, you know, I don't think revealing the, you know, there was a plane. I don't think that would have been that as big a deal. And I'm thinking, if Locke had known that these details would have helped save Boone's life, I think he, he probably would have been okay telling Jack the truth like about how Boone got injured. And I think, you know, it was just... You think he would have told him about the plane, but not the hatch? Yeah, because the plane really had nothing to do with the hatch. I mean, they were, they were looking for... They were, he was trying to figure out how to open the hatch, but he could have just as easily said, oh, we were... You know, we were boar hunting or whatever, and we came across this plane, and we thought, oh, maybe there's probably a radio up there. So I just asked Boone to go up and climb the, climb up and, you know, into the plane. He could have just as easily said that, but I think it was just Locke was just in this mindset that he doesn't want to, you know, to tell people what he and Boone are doing, and so he's just going to give as little details as he, you know, as he can, and say, oh, Boone just fell from a cliff, which was partially true, just that, you know, there was a plane that fell down with him. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I was just going to say was like, if it, if it was so easy where he could have just said, oh, well, he, you know, we were, we were hunting and we found this plane or whatever. Like, why wouldn't he have just said that? Yeah. You know, cause that, like you said, that has not, like, you don't have to mention the hatch at all. Um, and like I said, I think like Jax even says like, that's kind of the, one of the things that pushed him over the edge to have, well, it's not their final showdown, but like when he attacks yeah. him at the funeral. Yeah. Um, and then as as quickly as Locke brought him in, Locke is gone. Yep. Like he's just he just it's as if he just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the flashback, he wakes up to an empty bed next to him, and then he finds out that Anthony left before he woke up. And the nurse was like, I didn't know he was your father. And I read something while I was looking something up about the episode that that's the same nurse that talks with Jack. I believe it's in the season two premiere. I'm not 100% sure if that's the right episode, but I guess that woman also plays a nurse at another point with Jack. So it makes me wonder if they're currently in Jack's hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if you you got the the right episode, but yeah, I do know she is in an episode with Jack. Okay. Um, and then Emily is back and she tells him, you know, basically it was all a con, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I have that. He, he can't believe it. Like he's, you know, he, he feels of course, and rightfully so that they bonded. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes to Anthony's house and uh, the guy won't let him in. And, you know, he's, you know, like, you can't do this to me. And he's kind of pacing back and forth. 
And I noticed that, I don't know if that's because I, I, I mean, I listen to the music and I like the music, but I don't necessarily look at, you know, oh, this per this is that person's theme music or whatever within the show. But that's the exact same music from the Walkabout episode that plays oh. over that scene. Yeah. And just a side note, uh, Michael Giacchino played that theme at the, the concert I went to back in September. Did he really? Yeah. So yeah, that was that was that was kind of a that was a great moment. <laughs> um, I you know I have Locke is angry. The music builds up. You know it's very heartbreaking moment. Um, and then we see him back at the hatch, crying, and then the light from the hatch, and then I have that. Uh, you know, of course, later it's a beam of light as we talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. And that's really my last note. Yeah. Other than this is the first episode, if I'm not mistaken, to be written by both Damon and Carlton. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. But that's all I have in terms of notes. Yeah. Although I, you know, I, I guess say you know when when I saw that light come on, I was I was waiting to you know for more episodes to reveal what that light was, and of course we don't get that until you know the very end of season two. Right. But yeah, but you know, at this point I'm, you know, I think I was still wondering if maybe the hatch was built by aliens or something cuz like, you know, I had no idea what else to think. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, I I like the fact that I think it's in the season 1 finale. Yeah, it has to be cuz they're talking about like what's in there and uh, you know, Hurley's like I think it's like a bunch of TV trays from like the 50s. Oh yeah. Like, that to me makes sense that it would be like a you know, like a bomb shelter or something. Mm-hmm. But no, I like your I like your thing about aliens. <laughs> I think that would have been a night. I mean, it would have been horrible, like yeah. knowing what we know about the show. But I think it would have been like a nice, like if they had introduced it early enough. I think it would have been a nice little twist of like, nope, there's aliens now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> especially knowing that some of the 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 people who work on the show went on to work on both Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Like I said, I know this was one that you wanted to talk about, and you said because it introduces so many things. Uh, yeah. Anything in particular that I didn't talk about that that you that you have? Uh, no, we pretty much covered it throughout the discussion. All right. Um, if anyone wants to reach you on social media, is there a way that they can do that? Uh, yeah, um, I do have a Twitter account, uh, and that's, uh, it's Celebok, it's C-E-L-E-B-O-K. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna do it. I I mean, thank you once again for being on the show. Uh, Oh, yeah, thanks for asking me back. Oh, of course. Believe me, I'll probably, you know, as long as you're willing to do it, I'll probably ask you back several more times. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're very, you're very interesting to talk to. I, I dig it. Oh. Um, and I, of course I gotta, I gotta have the guy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I will wrap it up with the, uh, traditional thank you, namaste and good luck. All right. Hey everybody. It's Paul. If you like the episode you just listened to, Make sure you give us a like down below, maybe subscribe to our channel, and share it with your friends. Have a great day.